season four of Travel in Your Pocket with me, Heidi, and me, Andrea. We've been clocking up those holiday miles and bringing you closer to some of our favourite destinations. And finding out what inspires other travel types to get out there and explore this wonderful planet we call Earth. And get this, we'll be celebrating five destinations through the wonder of cocktails. Yes, it's Chin Chin as we refuel with a different tipple at each stop, bringing you the stories behind some of the most famous drinky poos in history. I'm really looking forward to that. I bet apart, you are. apart from you saying drinky poos. <laughs> I like drinky poos. But before we get shaken and stirred, it's time for Heidi to test my tourist knowledge with a little segment we call Where, Where in the, the World? world? I think I've got a good one for you this time, Andrea. I'm feeling confident I'll have you flummoxed with my three clues to a well-known location. You've got the time it takes for us to reach the end of this podcast to reveal your big guess. Are you ready to be perplexed? Well, I've always been perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode four, and I have to say, we keep guessing, so it's difficult because we've been to places and know about stuff, but here we go. Clue one. This landmark is 51 miles long. Oh, wow. Um, okay, I have, I pretty much have an idea. Really? Already? Yeah. You're going to give us a serving suggestion? No, I'm going to keep it to me. Well, well, I'm carrying on to clue two. Clue two? Yes, clue two. Construction began in 1904 uh, and took a decade to complete. When did construction begin? I've literally just told okay, you. Okay, no, I It's forgotten. 1904. 1904, I wasn't listening. We haven't even started drinking cocktails yet, <laughs> can I say? Uh, 1904, it took a decade. Maybe somewhere in Australia or Singapore. I'm clutching at straws. It's a landmark there, literally countries. Yes, I know, but somewhere in Australia or Singapore. Okay. You're, you're quite mm. grumpy because you haven't had any alcohol yet. That's what it is. Uh, clue three? Yes, please. Clue three. It has been ranked by the American Society of Civil Engineers as one of the seven wonders of the modern world. Right. Uh, being travel people like what we are, oh, I, I feel like I should know the seven modern wonders of the world. But I think everybody keeps... There's lots of... Yeah, there's I, think lots there's of more, sevens. I think there's more than seven. I think whenever a country or a city does something, they'll say, oh, this is one of the modern wonders of the world. Yeah, but this is the American Society of Civil Engineers. Now, make of that what you will. I, I've, I've got an idea in my head. Do you I, want to save it to the end of the I podcast? I will, yeah, but I, okay. have a, I have an idea. Okay. Those are good clothes. I think I have you perplexed. <laughs> I get I started perplexed. In the last episode, I chatted about visiting Donegal and Malinhead, the northernmost part of Ireland. But what I didn't mention is that Donegal is also home to a certain village called Muff. And that got us thinking about other funny, rude place names around the world in what is quickly becoming our X-rated episode, given that we're going to start drinking and rating our five favourite world cocktails later in the show. Because that's how we roll. Muff is kind of like rude slang for like a lady frontage. Lady garden? Lady gardener, yeah. lady jungle really in some, <laughs> okay. in uh, some cases. Cool. But that's always lots and lots of fun. And when we were younger, it was just called Muff and that was it. And it was a bit sniggery. But now they've really capitalised on it. But it's a Muff gin and a Muff vodka and there's Muff fridge magnets and key rings and everything Can I too. add to that? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I do, I have heard of the Muff diving competition, right. which is a genuine diving competition held in 
Muff. Well, have you? You have. You've been to Muff, presumably. <laughs> but I've never been. I've never been to Muff. Yeah, I have been. I think I've been through Muff. I haven't stopped off. <laughs> right. Well, no. I. I. Yes. I. I haven't stuck at Muff. Okay. So uh, it's. I but feel. You're familiar with Muff. Yes, I'm familiar with it in so many okay. ways. But I feel this is leading to more rude. <laughs> well, I was going to say, have you ever been anywhere else with a funny rude place? Well, I mean, the classic is fuck it. What? I, excuse me. Well, you know what I'm saying. I don't. Phuket. Oh, Phuket. Yeah, I feel like I'm hyacinth bouquet, okay. which is a, of course, a great British right. uh, institution, comedy institution lady, right. a posh lady, her oh, name's yes. Bucket. Phuket. She pronounces a bouquet. Right. Yes. Well, I just wonder, because in 2019, two Scottish brothers, Andy and Magnus Tate, did a 2,000 mile rude road trip of the UK, taking in places with naughty names, including Butthole Lane, Titty Ho and Sandy Balls. And Sandy Balls is actually a bit of a holiday resort in the New Forest. Is it really? Yeah. And apparently you can get cream for that. <laughs> Can't even say half of these names, but uh, I think did you they think, are... Did you think this through when you thought, this would be a great out chat, won't it? <laughs> but it's only really because I wanted to shoehorn in the fact that I have been to twat T-W-A-T-T in the Orkney Islands. Uh-huh, and presumably, well, what's the origin of that name? I don't actually know. Mm. You should have asked me this before <laughs> we started chatting, and then I could have Googled that. I need that. the etymology of twat. Yeah, I don't know, but it's very, apparently people used to keep stealing the road signs, so yeah. it's really, really difficult to find. So you'll see all these people, <laughs> you know, all these like photos online of like people beside the road sign. So I was in a car with my friend. Where is twat? Where are we in twat? Did you look in the mirror? Where is? Is this twat? Nobody knows. So it was eventually did find the road sign. It's about 20 foot high. It's really, really high up. And did you if, get your picture taken? Well, it had to, it was one of those things where we couldn't get us in the photograph and the sign because it was so high That's up. That's a big twat. So <laughs> it was a really big sign. twat. And we had, uh, I think we did because obviously that's the Point. What yeah. is the point of going there if did you, you don't take you get, a photograph? Did you get a, a fridge magnet? I did get a fridge magnet. You did magnet. get a fridge yeah. magnet. Well, yeah. I know that there is a village uh, in Austria called F-U-C-K-I-N-G. I won't say it. I'm okay. too delicate. Right. Um, but it had to change its name to Fugging recently, just in 2020, because tourists were stealing the yeah. sign. So, yeah, yeah, this is another little um, yeah rude name scenario. Of course, they're going to steal the sign. have the signs like does that, do you think one so. person yeah, has gone so. around the mall and got all the signs good idea and that would be a good idea it could idea. be like uh, that museum in Las Vegas of the old um, the old signs you know the, the neon signs right he could do a museum of rude signs right and you would be first in that queue. i would be I, how would that that uh, gift shop would be right up your <laughs> well, wouldn't it? yeah because also i mean there's other places apparently there's a pig turd alley in sacramento usa there's far worse than this but we're not saying it because we're like a nice podcast shag point in new zealand i thought we were a nice podcast yeah, and i didn't get i didn't think this was going to be and okay. i'm wondering should we roll back from this filth? Okay, well, I'm just going to finish it off by saying I'm not going to talk about tits in Germany then. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not even going to mention it. Don't mention it. In 
In this episode's top five, we're going off pissed. No, surely you mean pissed. <laughs> we'll see about that. Right. To sample some of the world's most famous cocktails and riff about their places of origin. As if by magic, Andrea, there's a beautiful concoction has appeared before my very eyes. Can you tell me more? Well, Heidi, buckle up. I'm reaching to get it. And take a sip. This is a Bellini Ching. Ching Ching. That's the world's most disappointing shame. Is that that crystal from crystal from the IKEA side? (laughs) It's like we've just changed two plastic glasses together. And yet we have because (laughs) you're currently using my kitchen uh, accoutrement. Right, we'll describe it as a beautiful colour and it's a little bit of a foamy head. And I'm so to speak. I've um, taken a sip. This is a Bellini. Now, mm. usually with the top five, mm. we go, uh, we take a, a, a wow. Top, usually with the top five, <laughs> we take a, a an already published list of top five pools or hotels, and we talk about it. But there weren't any this mm. time. We're inventing our own top five. We're Sorry, gonna, did you say something there? I'm not, <laughs> not listening. We're going to drink five cocktails, and then we're going to mm. list them in order oh. of our favourites. Oh, we so we're going to come up where, with our own top five. Is this like the Eurovision drink contest? It's not it, There is work involved. I can't even speak. I want to do some This is Harry's Bar Bellini, invented in Harry's Bar in 1948 by bartender Giuseppe Cipriani. This long drink was prepared in honour. I've only had two sips as well <laughs> of the painter Giovanni Bellini on the occasion of his exhibition in Venice. It then became famous not only because of its fruity and sweet taste, but also thanks to influential guests at the bar, including Ernest Hemingway, Truman Capote, Charlie Chaplin, and Orson Welles, who frequented Harry's Bar. Let's try some more. Mm. I'm getting a really, really peachy flavour down the oh, back of the sides of my uh, tongue. The recipe for Bellini is seven parts dry Prosecco, three parts fresh white peach puree. That's it. I mean, this is actually probably better than you would get in Harry's Bar in Venice. Have you been to Harry's Bar? I have been to Harry's Bar. What um, do you think of it? I, I walked in and I was very, uh, what's that? I wasn't drinking now, so I can't remember what's that. I felt like I shouldn't be there. Why? Well, I felt intimidated because I remember when I went in and it was back in the 90s and I was doing interrailing around Europe and of course I ended up in Venice. Of course, I went to Harry's Bar. It was full of all the beautiful people. Do you know what I mean? And I was I was a backpacker. Right. But you had a Bellini. I didn't even I didn't even think not? I had a Bellini because I think I just looked at all the beautiful people and thought, sorry, and then just turned around and left. Well, when I went to Harry's Bar. Were you a beautiful person? I saw a beautiful person. Oh. I saw the Sir Kenneth Branagh, I think he's a sir now, famous actor, born in Belfast. He was there with a lady friend and Mm -hmm. I felt being a fellow Belfaster that I should go and say like, here, how you can, buy a Bellini, but I didn't. (laughs) You've got the money and I haven't. But what I noticed was that already poured behind the bar, there was probably like about 20 Bellinis ready poured behind the bar. You went up, you asked for two Bellinis, they topped it up with Prosecco and that was it. So it was kind of... But, obviously, I mean, people in, aren't going to go in and order a Cosmopolitan in No, fairness. no, but obviously it's not like the sort of Orson Welles, Charlie Chaplin, Ernest Hemingway heyday. But I, I would also say that if you're going to go to Venice 
it's one of the things that I think you should do. Yeah, it's, bu- it's a bucket list Bellini. But it's also quite expensive. Do you know how much uh, Bellini costs today? If you were to go in right now in Harry's bar, how much it would cost? Yeah, because you have it written down in your notes here. <laughs> it's around 19 euros. Is there a sport that <laughs> of it? No, but it's, that is shocking. It's around 19 euros yeah. for one ready-to-go Bellini, and I tell you, it's not as nice as this. This is beautiful. And how much are you charging me for this? That's 25 euros, please. <laughs> I see. Okay, what do we have next, Andrea? Well, next up, Ching Ching. Or Ching oh, that was oh, that a better, better one. These are better glasses. This is a Pisco Sour. Ooh, now you have spoken a lot about these, Andrea. Can I just say, I've just smelt it, mm-hmm. and it is pungent. It's great. Pisco is a, a sort of colourless or yellowish to amber coloured brandy produced in winemaking regions of Peru and Chile and it's made by distilling fermented grape into a high proof spirit. A Pisco Sour is the national cocktail of both Peru and Chile. Oh yeah. And there's a bit of a ding dong between the two <laughs> countries about which is best. Oh a classic behaviour. Yeah, so yeah. The, we're actually drinking a Peruvian version and the reason it's Peruvian version is because it uses Peruvian pisco one egg white 30 milliliters of lime juice some sugar syrup and three drops at the top so it's kind of three drops of what at the top angostura bitters well i was gonna say it's quite clear and yellowy then there's like a a top of an egg white foam Foam, and then on top of that there is the brown of the angostura bitters yeah it's just like a little blob Mm, so shall we have a drink well i'm going for it i'm a wee bit worried is it is it quite high in alcoholic content that's lovely. Yeah, is well, it? if you drink enough of it, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. So have a sip. Oh my lord, yeah. Andrea. What do you think? It's, ooh. I mean, I couldn't drink that all night. Oh, I have drank it all I night. you have. Possibly it was created in the early 1920s by bartender Victor Vaughan Morris, an American of Welsh ancestry. He lived in Lima and he had a bar called Morris's Bar, very popular with both the Peruvian upper class and English-speaking foreigners. Mm-hmm. When the bar closed after his death, the bartenders went to different bars. And one of the bars they went to was called Bar Mori. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the popularity of the drink spread. Now, myself and my husband were in Lima and we did like a an evening city tour. Just we nice, a, nice a sort of personalised tour. The guy brought us around, and he actually brought us to Bar Mori. Now we're massive Pisco Sour fans. Were you before you'd visited the bar? Yes, and the bar's lovely, very very old fashioned, very sort of ornate, lots and lots of wood. I'd imagine you would know what the ceiling looked like after a few of these. <laughs> My God. They have quite high bar stools at the bar, which I think possibly oh, is that's a dangerous. <laughs> that is dangerous. <laughs> This is a Singapore sling and And we'll do another ching because we actually have Singapore sling glasses. When I was chatting to you about this, I said, oh, I have a Singapore sling glass from Raffles Hotel in Singapore. And you said... Of course, I had to go one equal and say, I have also been to Raffles and taken of the the drink. So these are... Clink, clink, clink. Oh it's my, rubbish. that was pathetic. So this is, we have two Singapore sling glasses, but we obviously bought them. You can't like put them in your handbag or anything. What did you think of Raffles? It was all messy because they had the monkey nut shells on the floor, Andrea. And come on now, you've brought a bag I of have, monkey nuts. I have brought a bag of my... <laughs> I'm opening... Oh, hello. It's, all, it's gone all over me. Uh, it, no monkey nuts. 
I'm, I'm not going to drop it on the floor because the dog's here. So Well, did you find, I mm. find in Raffles, it was kind of like um, Harry's Bar. They had like set up yeah. a row of yep. Singapore slings. Everybody just goes in for Singapore, Singapore slings. Sling. Yep. You go in, you have a Singapore sling, you eat the monkey nuts, you yep. throw the monkey nut shells on, on the shelves, on the shells on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I found out, I can, that was terrible. It was traumatic for me because... You claim you need freak? Yeah, I don't want to like throw rubbish on the floor this is made up of dry gin cherry brandy mm -hmm. benedictine mm -hmm. all of these ingredients are in this drink that we are drinking Amazing. a handful of ice to serve mm -hmm. a few drops of angostura bitters pineapple juice lime juice and sparkling water to top i actually have two beer mats mm. or bar mats or cocktail mats from oh, raffles so oh that's nice this is like the full raffles experience it really is. here it's so in your fruity. room i'm gonna call that a very fruity it is fruity nice and mellow unlike the pisco sour which is like a what explosion in your mouth this yeah, is nice very very different isn't it, it? very smooth very like, different so it's like a punch like a a, a cock fruity punch drink would you maybe say a, that yeah kind of like it, a fruity punch yeah more, a bit more sophisticated <laughs> um, so i'm just reading here from the box for it, it says the world famous Singapore sling was created by bartender Niam Tong Boon. Mm. And apologies to the family if I have mispronounced that. Well, they are listeners at Raffles Hotel in 1915. So, a bit about the long bar you've been there, it's very uh, inspired by the decor of Malayan, sort of the Malayan lifestyle in the 1920s. There's deep rich colours and lots of greenery it's sort of like a tropical plantation and as we mentioned you brush the peanut shells off the table and onto the floor. I want to have another monkey nut. Okay why go they, for why it. Why did they do that though with the peanuts? Yeah, don't I don't know. know. And ironically because there are so many laws in Singapore mm -hmm. this is probably one of the only places where littering is actually encouraged. Hats off to your husband because he did put this together but and he's been very shy and retiring but he put on the little um a cube of <laughs> a cube of what do you call that a pineapple, pineapple a wee glassy cherry yeah and another pew pew yeah. <laughs> What the listeners don't know <laughs> is that we've paused this recording for probably about an hour yeah. and we've had finished off our drinks and we've had loads of chat and sleeping yeah. monkey nuts. So we've had three full cocktails now. Yeah, just three. Yeah, just three. I've lost my train of thought. Of Alcoholic. <laughs> oh yeah, what I was going to say was three drinks is my limit. Oh, so really? I can only really drink three drinks. But you know that this is top five? Oh, yeah, it is top five. That's why um, it's now dangerous territory. So yeah. we'll go to our fourth cocktail in no particular order because at the end we'll decide what the top five is. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. Mm -hmm. And this is a mojito. Mojito. I suggested this. You did suggest it. And the reason I suggested this is because you want to travel around the world in five cocktails. You've had a pisco sour from South America, I've specifically Peru. I've actually had that in the yeah. bar where it was popularised. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, we've had a Singapore sling. Which we've both been to. Yes, yeah, so we're not going to talk about that because it's not all about you. Uh, <laughs> and what was is. the first one again? I literally got... Bellini, which yeah. you've had in Harry's Bar Venice. I went in, I felt intimidated and left and didn't have anything. Yeah. But I have been in Harry's Bar. Right. So Mojito... This is all about you. Thank you very much. So you love this. I have been to Cuba and obviously I travelled around Cuba but 
spent her time in Havana and went to El Floridita, which is one of the bars at the bar in Ernest Hemingway. And this is one of the classic um, signature cocktails of old Havana town. And um, in Cuba, in Havana. Jeez, obviously. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> ten mint. You read your receipt says tear <laughs> ten mint leaves in half. A receipt. Drop them into a highball glass. Add the sugar and lime juice and half fill the glass with crushed ice. Stir well. Add the rum. Top up with soda water. Stir with a bar spoon. Add more crushed ice and garnish with mint leaves and. Yippee-ki-yay, you've got yourself a mojito. Well, here we go. We've got a, oh, mo- yeah. a mojito. Oh, and here we go. It smells good. Clink. Oh, clink. <laughs> Another dull <laughs> clink. You should spend more money on your glassware. Does it taste like the mojito you had in Havana? Havana. The, I, this is a very interesting conversation, I find, because does a classic cocktail travel? Okay. Should you drink it in situ? Well... It's not a cocktail, but the um, limoncello from the south of Italy mm-hmm. made with a strong spirit, usually vodka and lemons. Mm-hmm. And they've I got lo- big fat lemons in oh, the south of Italy. I love that. Mm-hmm. And we used to go to Sorrento a lot and drink it. But also during lockdown, we made our own limoncello and that was absolutely delicious. So I think maybe Lethal. sometimes it does travel. People say like when you buy ouzo in Greece, mm. it doesn't travel. It but never the thing comes is, this is the well. thing, when you go on holiday and you, you're all oh, enamoured of the place and, and it's warm. And the sun. Yeah. And then and you think, the I'm going to bring that bala- yeah. banana liqueur back mm. from Tenerife and it's going to be lovely in my semi-detached in Belfast. <laughs> or in a, in, a, in a bottle in the shape of a, a donkey. Apparently in nineteen in twenty sixteen, not nineteen at all, twenty sixteen, the mojito was the most popular cocktail in Britain and indeed France. The Entente Cordiale. <laughs> I'll drink to we'll that. Drink to that. Well, Heidi, we've now had back again we've now had four cocktails this is the grand finale <laughs> and we're about to have our fifth how do you feel by the way i have got absolute <clears throat> buzz inside buzz. of me <laughs> I, I have like, you should get sick. i haven't even dropped some gas i've still got from. half a bellini and uh, half a mojito you have a half still a, two drinks i've, I've drank everything oh. uh, irish we, coffee it's okay. the it's the what's <clears throat> that word it's the, it's the climax of the night. we're going to put them in alphabetic, no, not alphabetical order, in order from five, four, three, two, one. Okay. But we can't sing it because we haven't got the rights. Okay, right. Okay, yes. This is our fifth cocktail. I wonder what it can be. <laughs> and it is an Irish coffee. Now, it actually, it looks, um, your Fabulous. husband made this Yes, one. thank you. Well, I My just... husband made it and the cream <laughs> did not sing. The cream, it's all to do with the cream. Everybody... It's shit don't stink and it's cream don't stink.
Guinness, cream. It's like a Guinness, only with coffee. I haven't cream. had an Irish coffee in years, but the point is you pour the cream over very the spoon. Gently. Very Isn't that right? Gently. Very gently. It's yeah. all to do with the cream. But you have to area 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 the, the cream. cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to pour the cream over a spoon. Over a spoon. Upturned spoon. Yes, and the the roundy end, the yeah. roundy side of a now, spoon. Now, you're not going to do, well, it's basically it's coffee with a bit of uh, well, yeah. brown sugar, which yes. we can't sing because we've got the right. We don't have the right. And, the, of course, the yeah. alcoholic content in an Irish coffee is Irish whiskey. And on this occasion, we're using... Um, I think we're using Jameson's. Yeah, well, we but also we shouldn't, have black we shouldn't give them a plug because they're not sponsoring us. No. Okay, right. have a drink, have a drink. Oh, Clink. Sorry. Cheers. Right, Clinkless. Cheers. It's not bad. That's all right. It's, dull as, it's also dull. Mm. How does it taste? Oh, it's lovely. It it's very lovely. Christmassy, isn't it? Very Christmassy. Do you want to know about the origins of an Irish whiskey? for it, girl. Picture the scene. A dark winter night in 1943 in Foynesport Airport near Limerick, Ireland. Chef Joe Sheraton was on duty that night. And the drink he created is what we're drinking right now, Irish coffee. Foynes was a busy civilian airport during World War II. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. Because Ireland's dead neutral during the war. It did that. We'll not get into that. No, but that's a whole other issue. <coughs> that is I'm a, sure other that's podcasts, a different podcast will go into that. And its transatlantic flights often carried political or Hollywood figures. That's very interesting. So, like maybe you know John Wayne. Oh, stop! A Maureen O'Hara. You're making things up. Because of the often bad weather, Atlantic, mm -hmm. west coast of Ireland, mm -hmm. um, passengers sometimes needed to stay the night, and that's why it had a restaurant. So this is the story, whether it's true or not. One evening, a flight had to turn back. So it took off and it had to turn back because of the bad weather. Faced with a plane load of tired, cold passengers, Joe Sheridan whipped up something for them to drink. According to legend, the name came about with the following exchange. Can I do the accent? Can I do the American? Or okay, the... you're the American. Hey, buddy. <laughs> said an American passenger. Is this a Brazilian coffee? <laughs> no, said Joe. That's Irish coffee. It's a really bad Irish accent. <laughs> From somebody who lives Irish here. coffee. Or Irish or Irish. Oh that's Irish coffee. Or Irish. That's Irish coffee. The rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you what do you think? I mean, I think an Irish coffee is unbeatable in terms of alcohol. Because, but do you ever go to a restaurant and they'll have like yes. Irish coffee and a Brazilian coffee, yeah, and Guatemalan uh, Italian hybrid. coffee, yeah, with all the different liqueurs from but all I over the world. Realize. I think they're calypso coffee. Calypso coffee but is I think popular. They're, they're all fake. It's coffee. Yeah. And then there's Irish coffee. Yeah. And there's no other yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's what I think. There's, They're latecomers. There's either the Irish coffee, which is coffee. alcoholic coffee. Yeah. Or, and there's, then there's nothing I've remembered. You have to heat the spoon. Mm -hmm. It has he to did, be a he heated, heated spoon. spoon. It he has to be a spoon. warm spoon. It yeah. can't be a cold spoon. It has Nobody to be a, wants a cold spoon. It has to be a heated <laughs> spoon yeah. for the cream to... The back of a heated spoon Settle. for the cream to go over it. So, okay, right, Heidi, we've had five cocktails. Oh, gosh, yes. I, I like um, that we ended on a coffee cocktail though. Yeah. Because it's like a so nice that we warm. can't 
Sleep. Sleep, sleep basically. <laughs> Ever again. Um, we're going to rate them from one to five yeah. in reverse order. So... You go first. We haven't thought this through. So we haven't. You go first. We're really just ringing it. If I had ringing it, if I had to rate them, I would say Irish coffee fifth because I don't drink Irish. I'm no, not I don't drink immediately. Whiskey. I disagree. I uh, don't drink whiskey or cream. Then I would say a mojito. Can I have one? Just, Can I, is it my turn? I mean, you said me go first. Yeah, first. So you said Irish coffee, so now it's my turn. Uh, as for fifth place. Taking turns. I think maybe we should. Okay. So you're we're going. We fi- well, you can have fifth Irish this. coffee. Don't forget about. Okay, right. So uh, in fifth place, Irish coffee. Can we do the music? No, because okay. we can't afford it. Uh, uh, I'm gonna put mojito in fourth <clears throat> because I thought it was fifth. A sacri- oh, fourth. I thought it was very weak. Okay. Compared with the other remaining okay. cocktails. So in third place. Ooh. Bellini. Bellini, yeah, 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 I agree, Bellini. Okay. It's quite sickly sweet. But sweet, isn't yeah. it? It's you couldn't just be like, all night in the Bellini. Yeah. So at two. Ooh. No, it's between the Singapore Sling and the Pisco Sour. Yeah. And they're almost like opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to intensity. Yeah. I'm going to go number two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Singapore Sling. Me too! Yay! Oh my God! Because the Pisco Sour is oh, out of this. It's, it's on another planet. Out. Standing, and I, I Pisco Sour is my favourite cocktail. But uh, yeah, and I've always wanted to try because you go on and on. I do. And I mean, Singapore Sling, it's lovely, yeah. it's gentle, whereas yeah. a Pisco Sour is like it's taking you down and then drinking beating you up. Uh, anybody could drink a Singapore Sling, it's quite fruity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a Pisco Sour is quite sophisticated it's not sophisticated it's okay it's, it's not got, sophisticated it's got tattoos it's got tattoos what sort of tattoos spelt wrong skulls <laughs> yeah. naked women and motorbikes yeah yeah brilliant okay all heal the peace goes are yay another clink well oh andrea do you remember <laughs> where in the world do you remember? Kept steady. I can't remember my own name. Do you so, want me to recap the clues? Yes, please. Right. Clue one. Yeah. This landmark is 51 miles long. No. Clue two. Construction began in 1904 and took a decade to complete. Mm-hmm. Right. So the third clue. It has been ranked by the American Society of Civil Engineers as one of the seven wonders of the modern world. <laughs> So now I'm thinking Australia. No, I'm thinking America. I am thinking... I'm thinking the Hoover Dam. You think the Hoover Dam is 51 miles long? No. Totally got you on this oh, one. Love it. It's winning a line. Pass me the Tisco Czar. I win, don't I win? Yes, you win. I totally win. Urgh. You're going to be kicking yourself. I think you have even been here. Because it is... Bum, bum, bum. The Panama Canal. Wow, I haven't actually been to the Panama oh God. Canal. Well, that explains why you didn't know. <laughs> Cutting a swathe through the Central American Isthmus to provide easy passage between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Yes, the Panama Canal is 51 miles long. It took 10 years to build. Completed in 1914, but there's a wee bit of extra stuff added in 2016. Yeah, really that's really nice. I think your clues weren't that good. I thought they were bloody no, brilliant. No, they actually were very good. That was ching, chin, chin. Well, I go for the Bellini or the Mojito. Ah, uh, you've got. Uh, I'm going for the Bellini. The sickly Bellini. Hold on.
from us for this episode. Thanks to Northern Ireland band 3D Shark, as always, for providing our fabulous title music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check out our Travel In Your Pocket podcast social media pages where you can share your travel stories. (laughs) We're off to take some paracetamol, (laughs) a large pint of water and go to bed. See you next time.